With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Go Big Betcast with Dave, Boomer, Producer Skip, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to the Go Big Betcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Producer Skip. Yes, 3-0 last week. First undefeated week brings me back to 500 for the year, 9-9. I had Purdue, Minnesota over 61, Oklahoma smashed Oklahoma State. They were only a 7-point favorite. And USC over Utah. Never had to sweat any of those games for once on my best bets this week. We're actually best bets. Way to go, Skip. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Also with uh, Redcast Rob. Hey, guys, I went... 2-0 2-0 last week, because as you know, my San Jose State Fresno pick, um, I was going to go with Fresno, but that game got postponed due to the COVID. So um, I did take USC over Utah, because that was Skip's advice, and, and went on that one. I think that was where our lock unity was at that point. And then um, I also took Nevada to cover. They were actually at plus uh, one and a half, and they ended up winning that game. So um Two and zero, and that puts me at thirteen and five on the season. All right, Redcast Rob, and also with Boomer. Well, first off, I'd just like to say how excited I was to get uh, Nebraska ball at a uh, minus forty-five versus McNeese State today. So that came through. Good job there, gang. And uh, last week, I had one of my uh, just a quiet weekend three-team parlays paid off: uh, Oregon over UCLA, Auburn over Tennessee, George over Vanderbilt. Doesn't always have to be you know fancy and exciting, as long as you're winning. That's right. That's right, Boomer. Hey, well, Boomer, uh, I got to tell you, I did take that. I, I, I rode your train for a nice... Hey, there we go. See, yeah. nice 50% return, right? Nothing to it. Oh. That's good stuff. That's good. I tried to ride that, that train, Boomer, but uh, I think by the time I got there, uh, the train had left the station because at least one of those money lines were no longer available. It was so. not a 50% return. It was 20 to win seven, so... You do the well, math, when you, but that when you was put still in, good enough, so. right? Got it, got it later. So, and hey, some of those twenty to one seven ain't bad. Some of those got hairy, especially that UCLA, Oregon, and eh, never doubt yeah. mind, Skip. You know, yeah, gotta be confident. So, <laughs> I mean, if you were laying a hundred bucks on that, that would would have been really stressful. Uh, you would have called your stockbroker and been like, "What? What the hell's up with these returns?" <laughs> you just gotta wait. You gotta ride out the lows to get back to the highs, Skip, and, and it got you there. And even ten to win three and a half, still a pretty good return. So. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Uh, well, um, I went 0-2, actually. I had one of my games canceled. I had the over on uh, Liberty NC State, which didn't see that being a low-scoring affair, but I knew that was in trouble after the first quarter and also lost in the over with uh, Oklahoma-Oklahoma State. Uh, I did take Oklahoma just like Skip and, and won that on the spread, so that was good. And also had a nice, I think I had a five-team uh, par- parlay at the end of the night that hit thanks to Michigan coming back and then surviving overtime against Rutgers. So uh, I lost about four units last week, but you know, I had a good couple weeks before that, so I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, Hey, Skip, how did Vegas Jair do? Well, Vegas Jair, struggle, struggle bus, one and two, brings him to seven, 11, and one on the year. He had Iowa, which beat Penn State. 
But he also had Purdue, which suffered a horrible beat. I think we were all on We Can Talk About in a bit. And he had the Rice North Texas over 63, which only hit 44. Yeah, that, that Purdue game was the definition of a bad beat to such a degree, Skip, that the the betting services actually refunded or gave free bets away uh, for the folks who lost money on that, right? This was an unprecedented thing. Uh, I'd never seen anything like this before. Um, it was atrocious. The call was just... The call was atrocious, that. and then what some of these betting sites did was shocking. So if you didn't see the end of the game, Purdue had a go-ahead touchdown with about a minute left or something. Yeah, a 54 they seconds, called, I believe. They called a complete phantom offensive pass interference. Big Ten Network had to pull away from because I, I'm sure they had some earpieces in where they were saying, stop showing that. You're making our lefts, our refs look bad. But um, so FanDuel came out the next morning and said, hey, everyone who bet on Purdue, we're going to refund your money as a bad beat promo, as a thank you. And uh, some of my buddies had bet Purdue as well. But they'd bet him on DraftKings. And so my buddy writes DraftKings saying, hey, you gonna, guys going to kind of match this offer? And later that afternoon, DraftKings came out, and they did. So both DraftKings and FanDuel, two of the major online sportsbook sites, refunded, did a bad beat bonus promo payback, and anyone who had bet Purdue, you got your money back. I have never seen that before after a game on a call. Boy, that's how egregious the call was, I guess. It, it was it's not really just bad. our weighted opinion because we were on Purdue. That is a neutral site telling you that, right? Rob? Yeah, we um we uh I well, we cuz I'm I'm talking in multiple personalities here because by this point <laughs> I was hallucinating from COVID on Saturday. And um yeah, I I was so confident in Purdue. I I put uh, a pretty big bet down, which I never do. And I was just like, uh oh, they've got this. This is They've they've got it. So when well, that we, happened, d- d- Rob, when that happened, I was pretty angry. Yeah, what's up, Dave? No, I'm just saying. Like, I mean, before that game, we saw that uh, uh, there was multiple um, uh, COVID uh, reports coming out of Minnesota. They had lost 20 players, I believe. Um, that we knew that Rondell Moore was going to play. So everything lined up to saying, looks like Purdue is going to be highly competitive in this game, right? That's why you put yeah, that extra money and, down. Yeah, and all credit to Minnesota. I mean, they came out, they played a great game. All right. But I still felt like Purdue was going to was going to at least win. Um, and so DraftKings did end up refunding me or they gave me a ten dollar credit, said basically whatever bet you do. Here's a ten dollar credit, um, which I promptly lost on NFL on Sunday. So <laughs> one of these days I'm going to learn. They, see, they know they'll get it back. They want to buy your loyalty. <laughs> they'll get it all back for a bit. That's right. That's right. That was a tough one. Another one I had bad beats uh, wise skip was last Thursday night. I uh, was playing with the the Tulsa Tulane game, and um, I had Tulane at twenty four and a half team points. And then when that didn't look good because it was zero zero at half, I I took the uh, spread. I think it was still uh, Tulane was getting four points. I want to say. And uh, lo and behold, it goes into overtime at at uh, twenty one all because of a hail mary on Tulsa. I would would have won my my spread with Tulane if the hail mary isn't completed at the end of the game, and that was with Tulsa's third string quarterback completing a hail mary to take it into overtime. So there, I, I lose that right there 
or had a, a lost a, a chance to win. I get into overtime. <laughs> they trade field goal, second overtime. Tulane has it first. It's like first and goal, second and goal, third and goal. It's a it's third and three, right? Three yard line, and all the a field goal is going to get me. It's already 24-24 at this point. Get me the team total right there. That's a win with a field goal, and even if. Tulsa scores on the second half of that overtime. That's only a three-point win, and I win both bets. And the only thing that could happen that that would ruin this would be a uh, pick-six return for a touchdown by Tulsa. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Tulsa wins thirty to twenty-four. I lose both bets. Yeah, that Hurt. was a double bad beat. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's start talking about this week. Uh, and there's a lot. I'm of surprised games you came back to bet on Saturday. If anything, I mean, those were weeknight games. Yeah, that beat yeah, you the down. The two Fridays were. You were, dusted yeah, yourself yeah, off for a Saturday, and, and it, then I just and I lose my best bets. If it wasn't for that money line or the uh, the parlay, the five team parlay at the end, skip, it would have been a really bad week. Yeah. But I am good. Made a good chunk of change back on that one. So never give up. Boomer's kids. advice. That's the moral of the story. That's right. That's right. Uh, all right, guys. Well, let's start talking about this week. Uh, there is a. Plenty of games getting canceled left and right, so we might lose some of these again. But hopefully the one that we do get to see on Friday is, well, depends on your perspective, Nebraska-Iowa. Black Friday matchup. uh, Nebraska coming off on one of their worst losses in many years. Boomer and I uh, discussed that at length on the Redcast. Uh, Line is at 13.5 for Iowa. I think at one point Nebraska was favored by 17 versus Illinois. I still never understood that line. So I still think this one's a little high for Iowa, personally. Over under at 53 and a half. What are you guys thinking about this? I'm going to go ahead and speak first here, Dave, just so I can get it out of the way. I'm not touching this one because all I would do is tell you take Iowa on everything. <laughs> this is the man who uh, said that Nebraska was going to blow out Illinois. So it's, you know, maybe that's a good sign for Nebraska. I don't know. A little reverse psychology there. I like that. That's yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, I have to. I have to tell you, after Nebraska's game on Saturday, um, it's probably the first Saturday in a really long time I turned off football. I, I didn't watch any more football the rest of the day on Saturday. Um, I started reading uh, reading a book for my book club, and uh, couldn't wait till <laughs> oh, Sunday to watch football. So that's how bad, angry guys. I was. Turned yeah, on was the Oprah bad. network and just. <laughs> Rob yeah, was watching the Hallmark Channel. I've been I've been binge watching The Sopranos. If that means <laughs> anything to anyone, and we'll be spinning off the Go Big Read cast here momentarily. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Skip uh, Boomer, you have any? Uh, I mean, I've won on, this? on Nebraska the last two weeks. I I took Illinois when that spread got so big. Just yeah, it was ridiculous. and that was mainly just because hey, this is still a second start from a very young quarterback who hasn't like shown us incredible passing and arm strength so i was just kind of taking the points there but I, I i did expect nebraska to win um you know and i took nebraska on the money line the week before and i just don't know what to feel about this one if someone's gonna rob me for 20 bucks i'd probably put it on iowa but that's but i don't feel great about it either you know i i don't know what to do nebraska's been a jekyll and hyde team this year it's hard to know what you're gonna get this week and I, I was vastly improved over the last couple of weeks, so you're kind of getting two teams on a little different trajectory. Thirteen and a half definitely seems high, especially what would we have put this line just two weeks ago, Dave? 
You know, this would have been an insanely high number, but I don't feel like it's out of control right now, given yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a short week and you got to lick your wounds after getting your butt stomped by a, a far inferior opponent in Illinois. It's it's hard to lay your money on Nebraska and feel confident about it right now. I mean, is Luke starting? Is Adrian starting? Do we know for sure? Can my voice get any higher when I ask questions? <laughs> we we don't know, Skip. If I, I was betting on that one, I think it's going to be Adrian just hearing what, what, what Frost said earlier this week, but there is no guarantees, and I bet we'd see both of them definitely in some capacity. You know, I mean, we're on a five-game losing streak to Iowa, so I guess maybe the money line in Iowa would be the safest bet if you really want to, want to gamble against the Huskers. That's not something that, that me and Boomer do. If you're looking at the last five years with, uh, with those losses, so I was favored by four last year, eight the year before, four, two, and one. I was in favor of the last five years, came through on each one of those, but nothing more than eight points and four of the five or four or less. So it's kind of unprecedented, even in our bad years here, I mean, um, that that the line is is that high, which is really intriguing. I mean, you look at this, the Mike Riley's last year, 2017, where, where we go four and eight, and we're only a four-point dog to Iowa going into that. Now we got blown out, um, so maybe the you know the lines reacting to to what what happened there. But the last two years, it's only been three points, right, Boomer? So I mean, I think the logic tells you that um, that Frost has done actually relatively well versus Iowa. Yeah, I, but like kind of like Skip said, you know, this is a Jekyll and Hyde team in the span of a game. I mean, you know, from quarter to quarter, sometimes it is. So I think that that plays a role in it. Just kind of some of that uncertainty we're getting out of Nebraska at this point. And Iowa does seem to have kind of put things together. I mean, they're probably kicking themselves from a four-point loss to Purdue and a one-point loss to Northwestern. Uh, if they didn't have that, heck, they'd be, you know, we'd be talking playoff potential, you know, possibly with a team like that this year. Um, so, and again, this is another one of those situations where it's going to come down to, you know, you've got momentum on Iowa's side, and we have to see emotionally what what is Nebraska going to do. You know, they just got clobbered by a team that, everyone thought they should have beaten handily when we kind of thought we had some good vibes going how does this team react to that on a short week um, we're in that stretch of this weird year with covid where i think team mentality is going to play a huge role in a lot of these games or what are what are teams playing for at this point uh, what players still want to play what players are starting to look forward to next year or what coaching staff for that matter is starting to kind of plan for next year so maybe they'll be shuffling in different personnel just to get them experience things like that so i think you might be starting to see some of that stuff in certain games not necessarily in this one but there's just so many questions at least on nebraska's side on this i i wouldn't you know want to do anything on this game you know with any sort of any sort of action on it big spread and questions all over the place it's best just to sit at home and watch it quietly well or not quietly either way sometimes it's fun on, on these games when you struggle you see a spread it doesn't kind of have a lot of gravitas towards you or you see the total points, but then you then you can go into the team totals in this case, right? And you see the team total uh, total points by Iowa, 33.5, Nebraska, 19.5. And, and it really makes you think about the game differently of how these guys are kind of prognosticating this. They think it's about a 34-19 to 19 victory on Iowa. Now you kind of think of the game differently, so they're not expecting nebraska to score more than even 20 points and and were you expecting two weeks ago iowa to put up 34 on you you know um 
whether sometimes it helps you bet aside, you know, if you're not really sure which way to go, look at how um, the sports books have made the the totals for teams. But it, it gives you a different perspective of, and sometimes it just hurts. <laughs> it really just hurts to read that they're they're predicting a 34 yeah, 19, you know, and you're like, damn, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, if I was going to bet this game, I would probably take Nebraska at the over 19.5. Again, looking at the last two years, we, we scored uh, into the 20s uh, and relatively safely into the 20s. Um, and those two Nebraska teams, I'd say, were were less physical on the offense and defensive lines than we have now. Now, Iowa's running the ball better this year, so that's going to be a really key to that game. If Iowa can establish their run early, and not have Spencer Petrus have to throw the ball that much, um, that it, it, that's a problem for the Huskers. But if we can get Spencer Petrus to, to throw a little bit, even on third down, I think his, his pass completion percentage is in the low 50s overall, and it's below 50% on third downs. Um, I think he trusts his arm too much, and he's susceptible to some INTs, and we've seen that we can return those. So we might pick up seven points off of a turnover or something like that, and I think that's how we could get over... 19 and a half so does it change does it change your bet of betting nebraska over 19 and a half team total points if adrian or luke is starting a quarterback do you feel stronger one way or the other i think adrian is more likely to produce points with especially when we could then use luke in other capacities um because he's that talented um and we need to get both those guys out there i think i agree with you this week i would feel better betting that and more likely to bet that if I knew Adrian was starting at quarterback, not that, like, as you guys talked about on the Redcast, not that Luke wouldn't be out there playing in some capacity on many snaps, but I, I feel the same way. I feel a little more confident betting Nebraska this week and some of those things if Adrian was playing. But Yep, yep, we're going to see. Gonna and this, see. Is, this is an educational moment for everybody out there that some t- you shouldn't be betting, especially a game like this, right now on a Tuesday. You shouldn't be betting on Wednesday. You shouldn't be betting... If you don't know who a starting quarterback is, yeah, and and another right. good example going back to the Minnesota Purdue game we talked about last week, I I was really following that game closely. We were all kind of texting back and forth. We weren't sure who was going to be starting for Purdue, and then on top of it is an ultra reminder of this crazy year. You get the news dropped on you that Minnesota is going to be out twenty players. Now they ended up winning which was a miracle, but I'm sure if you bet Minnesota on Wednesday and you find out that news Friday 30 minutes before kickoff, you're crapping your pants. You're not happy. You're not confident with your bet. And that's gone to many other games this year. You know, that Boise State-CSU game I bet on earlier this year, Boise State came out missing 14. And these announcements come 30 to 60 minutes before kickoff. So your bet... do not bet big this year, especially if you're betting early in the week. It's just it's just really dumb this year, and I that's a PSA because look what happens. This COVID thing is so unpredictable. It's so but then getting back to this, wait till game time, see who's gonna be starting first before you ever kind of put any money down. And I would kind of caution against doing that for most games because there's been other games that have had those last minute 30 to 60 minute before the game Twitter drops of 11 players are out for this program, 10 players are, you know, do you want to be betting on Wednesday when you don't know? And it's also, sometimes you have that that news 
like the Minnesota game, but yet they come out and play really well. Mm-hmm. So you don't know which 20 players are out. You don't know how those, that locker room is going to react to that situation. It's just really difficult. Right. You know, but you might yeah. suspect how the Big Ten referees bet on Tuesday for that game. So. <laughs> that, that's pretty apparent <laughs> that they had something right on that game. Crap. You could say the same thing for Nebraska, too. Right off yeah, the bat, yeah. in the first, what was it, 10 minutes of the game, there were two plays that should have been reviewed at the yes. very least and weren't even reviewed. Yeah, yes. I'm starting to think the Big Ten gambled away all their uh, review equipment this year. So, yeah, there's there's problems. So. Yeah, budget cuts. Well, when the announcers on the on the actual broadcast say, like, well, maybe they forgot their review equipment at home, like on that first play <laughs> when the ball obviously was a forward pass. I mean, it was a horrible pass, don't get me wrong. And but beyond it's still the line of scrimmage. Forward and beyond the line of scrimmage. And they don't even review that. They just basically give the ball over. I, I knew at that point the game was lost. I, I, I just knew. <laughs> like I like to say, it's hard to, it's hard to beat Vegas in the sports books to begin with, but it's hard to beat Vegas in the sports books and the refs all on top of it. Well, if anybody else has an experience like that, they can join uh, Rob's book club. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Well, everything is virtual on it, so you can send me an email at uh, thegobigbetcast at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to send you a link to our next one, which is on uh, yeah. December Saturday 7th. Saturday Night Storytelling with Rob and Friends. Uh, you know? All right, Once guys. A month on a Sunday night. BJ Fleck will be joining in to read this week. So. <laughs> oh, uh, well, let's yeah. dive into the rest of the Big Ten lines, guys. The Big Ten, week ahead. And Boomer, you uh, you mentioned about teams. Uh, you know, are are they really up to play right now? How motivated they are? Well, one team that maybe not that motivated for the rest of the year was Minnesota, and uh, we've got a, a cancellation here in the Big Ten, Minnesota, in Wisconsin, which is a shame because that's one of the most uh, tradition-rich trophy games of the Big Ten. That's uh, Paul Bunyan's axe, and it's not going to be played for the first time in a hundred plus years, right? Yeah, and that's kind of kind of depressing and sad about you know one of many things how you know COVID's impacted sports this year. And just you see some of those great rivalries and matchups like that go away, and just how it's kind of hurt a lot of a lot of teams and attitudes. And you can't blame players for you know getting sick or sitting out. I you saw uh, Bateman's for Minnesota. He's going to sit out the rest of the season, which if you know things have kind of gone up they have for teams, Minnesota might not be back until they're scheduled to play Nebraska at the end of the year if if they're back at all at this point so who knows you know with the way breakouts are going there if we'll see them again at all this season I don't know so so that that's a challenge and it is what it is I guess in, in our unprecedented times that's right that's right well um other teams that may not be as motivated as they once were uh let's uh, talk about Penn State and Michigan uh Penn State 0-5 now uh, did not look motivated versus Iowa, uh, Michigan with uh, a bit of magic there to beat Rutgers. You know that's typically what you need to beat that scrappy Rutgers team is a uh, an overtime win, right? Michigan, um, <laughs> two blue bloods battling it out. Uh, Wolverines two and a half point favorites. God knows how. Well, this is this is the weird spread that like at the beginning of the year you would have been like, yeah, that's about right. Whereas some of these spreads <laughs> in the Big Ten. You know, have have taken a complete 360s of what you've predicted earlier in the year. But Michigan, yep. two-and-a-half-point favorite versus Penn State this late in the year, yeah, that's about right. Except when you look at their records and performance, you're, you you would have been shocked. 
Yep, yeah, over under at 58 and a half. Um, who's got a thought on this one? This is like watching two people at the old folks' home fight over the last plate of lime jello, so I don't know. <laughs> this is going to be... Dave, this I'm going to watch it just cast... to kind of watch a train wreck. But, yeah, it yeah. might be the red cast don't touch this uh, game with a big 10-foot pole game of the week. I'll say take but... Michigan on the points or the money line and just go on with your life. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is the big 10 uh, poll uh, game of the, of the week right here. It's uh, Even if you win, you're you're going to feel dirty about it. So, Yeah, I'd rather talk about my book, Lady Chatterley's Lover, right now than this game. <laughs> Uh, I mean, right, it right. looks like Michigan made a quarterback change, you know, yep. and that guy came in and saved him last week against Rutgers. So if, if there's right. any way to bet on some momentum in this game, it is betting Michigan and the quarterback change that, hey, they finally got someone that can move the ball and score some points. And I would think um, Penn State is, is pretty much given up on the year if they couldn't even pull that that off last week and got smashed by Iowa. I mean, they've had many chances to turn their season around and they just don't seem up to it. So, yeah. Yeah, Michigan was down 17 nothing at half to Rutgers. Um and so that that's bad, but they the good of it is they did come back and, and win that game. So maybe maybe uh, the Wolverines might be the might be the pick there. And it's a key key number there under 3, so it might have some value there. All right, let's uh, talk about Indiana, the Hoosiers, with a, a very game effort there versus Ohio State last week. You know, down by three touchdowns, but came back to make it interesting in the fourth. Uh, Eleven point favorites over the Terrapins of Maryland, over under at sixty three and a half. Rob, what are you thinking about this one? Um, this is actually a game I like a lot. Um, I'm going to take the over on this one. This is going to be one of my picks for the week. Um, I am taking the over on this game. Um, Indiana showed that they could score uh Penix had what almost 500 yards passing and Maryland's defense is terrible so I I figure they're going to probably put up somewhere between 35 to 42 points in this game um and Maryland's offense isn't horrible they can move the ball uh to us like I said he's found something so he's not been completely horrible um so I think the over on this is a pretty safe bet all right, Rob's taking the over. I was Boomer, looking at skip. that too. Yeah, I do like the over for same reasons Rob said. Uh, the last two times out we saw Maryland play, you know, though they've only gotten three games in this year, uh, they they look pretty good. They look like they kind of got some things figured out, and their defense is, is not any great shakes, and neither is Indiana. So there's not a lot of great things to bet this week. But I do expect some points in this game, and it just seems that you know, the line sixty two and a half. I I, I feel sixty three and a half. It's, but, it's yeah. up to sixty three and a half now. Yeah, I I feel strongly that um as as long as Maryland shows up, I think on offense that it should easily get to that. Uh, just yeah, to remind you, concerned. just to remind yeah. you, Purdue Minnesota last week, the spread was uh, the over under was sixty one and a half, right? And so, in theory, you should have been more nervous about Minnesota and Purdue getting over 61.5 than these two offenses right now. Yeah, no, that's fair. Boomer? Yeah, I guess my only concern with this game would be we just haven't seen a lot of Maryland, and they've had a couple weeks to just kind of sit around. And, uh, you know, uh, the quarterback was hitting a nice stride a few weeks ago when he was playing last, but now where are they at? Because if you recall their first game against Northwestern, who, granted, is a much more stout defense than... What they'll be seeing against Indiana, they 
couldn't do anything. I think, what did they manage, three points in that game? Yep, so that's I guess that would be my only concern is what kind of tempo did they lose on offense and what's it going to take to kind of get that rolling again? Will they be able to do that quickly? You know, if they're able to get right back on that bicycle and ride it, then, yeah, the over is an easy bet. But if they struggle for, you know, a couple of quarters and kind of dinks around and clock gets away from you on that one, then, you know, it it could be a challenge. I don't know. So do you it's think tough if with big layoffs. Boomer, do you think if they got on their bicycle and rode it, the Big Ten would review that play or just let it stand? Uh, there's well, Tua it, with a 68-yard yeah. bike ride for a touchdown, and uh, I guess they're not reviewing it. They're out there for nope, the PAT. I guess they're going to let that slide. Yeah, the rest just had a bad angle at that one, so what can you do? You know? Not have a camera angle to, to tell you. That's, that's problematic. Uh, well, Boomer, uh, let, let's just talk about Ohio State-Illinois. That, that over-under at 71.5 is a big number. Ohio State is favored by 28 versus the team that just beat us by uh, 18. So uh, thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is um, going to be one of my picks for the week. I won't reveal what I'm doing with it yet, but uh, yeah, um, it's a lot of points, that's for sure. Ohio State's coming off that kind of shoddy second half they played against Indiana and kind of had a scare put into them, so you'd think they'd want to come out and try to put some points up on this to try to just impress the judges. I mean, if you see them, they're still behind Clemson in the first college playoff poll so they still have some, you know, impressing the judges to do here. So there is that going into it. Uh, Illinois is coming off what we all sadly know was probably their best performance in years against us. Looked like a solid team, so are they going to be able to kind of replicate that to some degree against Ohio State? Running-wise, I don't know if they'll be able to have that kind of success in the air. Maybe, because uh, Ohio State's had some vulnerabilities to the pass in their secondary. So those would be kind of the things I might look for on that. But uh, 71 and a half is a lot of points, so but we'll we'll address that in a bit. You know, the the... Fighting Illini, we forget actually beat Wisconsin last year late in the year. Um, that probably was a, a bigger win for Lovey Smith than, than beating us last week. So they've been known to rise up and play against better competition and pull off a, a, a W. So, uh, you know, maybe that 28 is, is kind of high, but I think Ohio State needs to prove a point. They were fourth in the, uh, the playoff rankings already, guys, and so they might be looking to put a hurting on Illinois. I think the thing working in Ohio State's favor – for their defense is they're not going to let Illinois catch them off guard, which Nebraska clearly did. They've got a whole game tape of Peters now, which Nebraska didn't from this year. You know, had this had Illinois not trampled over Nebraska last week, I think you could see them maybe come in and surprise Ohio State and put up some points. But I really do think um, their defensive coordinator, that just their defense in general, is going to come out and take Illinois' offense a lot more seriously than they would have had they not had this romping that they just did over us, whereas Nebraska had just come off seeing Illinois get smattered every week and not really having much of Peters, but a little bit in the Wisconsin game before he got knocked out. So I think that is going to actually play probably to your bet, Boomer, later that you'll review that you know, I don't think, uh, especially with Ohio State getting lit up on defense last week, I think they're going to kind of take this game a little more seriously than they would have had uh, Nebraska did them a favor and lay down, let them walk <laughs> over us. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome, uh, Ohio State. That's right, that's right. Um, all right, let's take a look at uh, Northwestern versus Michigan State. Uh, I think this might be one of the more intriguing games in the Big Ten um, from a from a betting perspective. We've got Northwestern. Uh, coming off the big win versus Wisconsin, 13.5-point um, favorites 
Over-unders at 41 and a half. And that we went through the board looking. That is the lowest over-under in all of college football this week. Wow, yeah, and 30 points less than Ohio State-Illinois. So that is a, a very low number. But if you look at Northwestern, uh, 17-7 uh, against Wisconsin last week, right? And, I mean, do you actually see uh, Northwestern scoring that more than 20 points, you know, 24 points? And Michigan State has a horrible offense. And so, Boomer, I mean, it's it's tempting to consider the under on this one. Yeah, that's that's another one. Despite being as low as it is, it does seem to just play right into the what we know about those two teams. You've got just a solid defense at Northwestern. They're not in a hurry to put up a whole bunch of points because they just don't think you're going to score any. So that seems to play right in that. Uh, you know, the only risk with that low of a spread is, you know, just some weird little fluke or defensive score at the end of the game or garbage points can, can blow that up. Um, yeah, but it'll be an interesting game. I want to see how Northwestern starts handling, you know, Riches being the clear-cut favorite to win the division to see, it, you know, are they going to start overlooking somebody? Because somehow Michigan State managed to beat Michigan this year, so they can put up a few points. So you never know, especially in the yeah. Big Ten. So it'll be another mentality-type game. Is Northwestern going to keep their eyes on the prize and keep playing like they have been, or are they going to get their – the fighting Reese Davis is going to let their press clippings get to them. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Rob, uh, you know, the Wildcats only need one more win to actually win the West right now because Wisconsin is not going to be eligible. So um, I think you got to feel good that they're going to beat Michigan State. But at 13-and-a-half, do you think they can cover that? So I think this is going to be one of those games where Northwestern basically, like Boomer sort of mentioned, he draws a 24 up there on the, on the whiteboard and says, this is your number. And if Northwestern gets to 24 points, they're going to win the game. Um, Michigan State is – I don't know what's going on with, with them as a, as a team in general. And I think the only way that we go the over on this is, like Boomer said as well, is if there's a defensive score or two. Um, the linebackers for Northwestern are, are really good, as everybody knows. And um, I, I wouldn't – be surprised to see a pick six somewhere along the line in there um maybe setting the the score at like 35 10 or something which would co- which would cover the over um i think they're going to cover the spread on this one um but the over under is is that's that's one of the ones where i probably wouldn't touch it with a big 10 foot pull because um you just don't know what northwestern is going to do on defense all right so maybe we got a little a little lock battle going on there skip you want to weigh in on this well the last four games, Northwestern has averaged 21.5 points on offense. Um, if you want to take Michigan State's last four games, they are averaging 14.5 points on offense. So, you know, do the math. It looks like a good under solid bet. Uh, I think Michigan State's still trying to figure out who their quarterback's going to be now. They were playing both Lombardi and Thorne last week. Uh, you know what they say sometimes when you have two quarterbacks, you have zero quarterbacks so uh talking and then about skip no idea <laughs> yeah, I, don't know, I don't know who would come up with that yeah that's hitting a little close to home huh fellas they've scored seven points combined in their last two games and they're gonna go up against northwestern and score how many um i, I don't like the spread that much just because northwestern's never concerned about blowing anybody out that's just kind of not ever in their game script they just want to be in control of the game like they were against Wisconsin last week. But I I do like the under, even though it's dropped from 42.5, which was already the lowest of 41.5. Um, 
I would lean on the under this week. Uh, I, I mean, I fully expect Northwestern to be in control of this game. Uh, you know, and, and it would easily put them on any money line spread for sure. Yeah, you know, Skip. I think I think the thirteen and a half is scary to me just because you're right. I mean, Northwestern can be in a con- control of a game and win by ten points, right? And, right. And they'll never get there, right? And and maybe a good tip here would potentially to, if you're on a, a a site that allows you to 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 move that over number up a little bit. Get it over, you know, 43 and a half, 44. Would you consider something like that? Yeah. I mean, if I'm betting the under, yes, I would bet it up to 42 and a half for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good advice. Well, let's, uh, let's hit one last uh, game here in the Big Ten, uh, one we're all looking forward to, obviously. We've got the uh, the very pissed off Boilermakers of Purdue feeling like they should have won a game last week. 11 and a half point favorites against those Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Also might be a little pissed off considering they really could have had that game versus Michigan uh, over under at 62 and a half. Uh, who's got a, a hot tip on this one? Yeah, I don't know if there's any hot tips on this being the we're the regular breakdowns of Rutgers in this podcast. But again, Dave, this is like you said, this is going to be a mentality game. Which team comes out able to refocus on a short week because Purdue, like we all said, got got hosed in that game. And if they'd have won that, they'd still be sitting there with a chance to win the division. And now it's pretty much unlikely that they're going to be able to do so. Um, Rutgers yeah. had that chance at that big win against, you know, sure, it's a lousy Michigan team, but anytime Rutgers could say they could beat Michigan, that's a win for Rutgers. But, you know, that slipped away from them. So which team is going to let that, that last week's game kind of beat them this week, I think is what what you want to think about in this um sure but otherwise you know, yeah. I, yeah talent wise normally it's purdue they do have uh their best players uh one of their best defensive players sitting out this week uh was it uh george carlaftis i think tested positive for covid so he's out for about three weeks now so that could play a role in it but uh yeah again it's 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 an interesting game to watch anyway just to see who bounces back first so so Skip, um, you'd be watching this one just for the COVID line because um, I mean, this game may not even be played, right? I mean, DraftKings is not offering a line on this game right now, so that's how questionable that's they feel sign. about it. I mean, once you get some of those players starting to test positive, it's, I don't know. But uh, FanDuel has a live lineup. That's where we're pulling our 11.5 spread line from. Um, yep. So, yeah, I, I couldn't find any more news whether it seemed like Purdue or this game could be in jeopardy. I haven't seen anything that's made it making it sound like that, but it could definitely be one of those. Guess what? We got two more days of testing, right? Yeah. You might get that bomb dropped on you before the game that there's 13 Purdue players out, not just their defensive end. Yeah, yeah. I saw that number, Rob, at 11 and a half, and I thought it was kind of high considering how well Rutgers played last week. Um, But then the Rutgers principle always comes into play, right? Don't bet on Rutgers. Yeah, hey, they might be the home of college football, but um, I would say on this game the safest bet, if you were going to bet it for whatever uh, insane reason, maybe you just have a death wish for betting, um, I would say take the over um, with this one and, and move on with your life. <laughs> and and because, check out I a mean, book from the library and give Rob a call Saturday night. <laughs> that's right, check out a that's, book. And, that's, I mean, that's called like I know, you have a gambling problem. <laughs> Also, the National well, I mean, Council on Get Problem Gambling. They have a helpline <laughs> network. Should you have a problem, 1-800-522-4700. None of these teams are kind of like lame duck teams this year. They both like their coach. They're both playing really hard. Um, so I don't feel like any team is just going to lay down. Even 
after they both lost under some tough circumstances last week. One positive on Purdue scares me to even touch this game right now. This would, If you are planning to bet this game, either way, this is one I would be checking the beat writer Twitters, you know, the two hours down to kickoff before the game. Because it just seems like uh, that stuff spreads and Purdue might have three, four more players, at least, that they're going to rule out. Yeah. Yeah, as a Nebraska fan, I'm concerned because we're playing Purdue next week, right? And um, if they're out this week, especially if these cases are coming in on a Friday or Saturday morning, that will not bode well for us for the uh, the game against Purdue on December 5th. So, yep. Yeah, so, yeah right. so it wasn't just, you know, it was their Minnesota's defensive coordinator. A total of 20, sorry, a total of 20 coaches and players. And that, we were sitting here Wednesday with last week of zero of that knowledge yep and we already at least know one star linebacker on purdue is not playing who was tested positive this week and that that is a a direct correlation to why DraftKings is not even putting that game up on the board because they've seen how this has gone this year and know that that can get a little out of hand and they don't want to um have too much risk on one side or the other if somebody Going heavy on Rutgers, we find out 30 minutes before a game, Purdue's going to be out 10 players. Um, that that spread would significantly drop at game time to probably more like 6.5. And, and then yep. they're very liable on Rutgers for all those people getting Rutgers at plus 11.5 right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, from a Nebraska perspective, I mean, who's not playing this week? Minnesota, right? And so... Um, if Purdue doesn't play this week, um, it could uh, be a, a bad sign right. for next week as well. All right, guys, good stuff. Hopefully we gave our listeners a few nuggets of information there in the Big Ten. Uh, let's head over to our best bets. Betcast. The Betcast Best Bets. All right, it's the best bets of the week, and Skip, 3-0 and last week. You have the honors. All right. Uh, I've already mentioned a couple of these. I am not loving a lot of lines this week, so I'm going to go with some overs, find a few defenses that are kind of weak with some offenses that are good, and like we said, Indiana against Maryland, 63-and-a-half. I'm going to go with the over there for a lot of points. Also doing the same thing with Notre Dame, North Carolina, that over-under at 68. I'm going to go with the over. Uh, Both North Carolina and Notre Dame have two of the most efficient offenses in all of college football. Um, Their their defenses at the same time are susceptible to giving up points, so it seems like a great over to hit. And this one is just another gut feeling. USC gave me a big win last week. And I've been betting against CU this year. So this is kind of spiteful. So now I'm going to mix that spite. I'm going to take USC at home at 11 and a half to finally give it to Colorado like I've expected someone to give it to Colorado all year. And USC, the most talented team in the Pac-12 this year, is going to do it. USC, 11 and a half. That's, that's classic coming from a CSU Ram. Got to give it to the Buffs. You know uh, what? Uh, our game got canceled this morning so i'm very again pissed and spiteful so yeah now i am gonna try to take it out on the buff some other way yeah husker fans if you feel you got it rough uh skip stewart here man this guy's lost three csu ram three games, right? csu ram games already and the first that four is... basketball games wow that is yeah. that is rough that is rough 
Uh, all right, let's uh, move on to uh, Rob, 2-0 last week. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to build on my 13-5 and season here, so I'm actually going to come back to some of the, uh, shall I call them, my go-tos every week. Um, but first, there is some lock unity here with, with Skip and I, as I'm going to take uh, on the Maryland-Indiana game, I am going to take the over of 63.5. And, um, and then from there, I'm just going to continue my wave riding. Kansas didn't play last week, and I still won. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to take TCU. Um, the spread is 24, but I promised Skip that I wouldn't quit betting against Kansas until they lost for me, and so far they haven't lost for me. So um, TCU at minus 24 on that spread. We're going to ride that wave. And then, um, again, the other team that I'm really liking this season so far is Nevada, and uh, they're only uh, a seven-point favorite over Hawaii, and so I'm going to take Nevada at that seven-point favorite against Hawaii and call that my lock of the week. Rob, do yourself a favor. Buy that TCU game down from 24.5 to 23.5 on DraftKings. You know what, Skip, I'm glad you brought that out because uh, that's probably what I'm going to do. I haven't had a chance to look at those. Um, I usually don't place my bets until Saturday mm-hmm. morning before the game starts, so that's definitely something I'll take a look at. You could do the same thing with the uh, Nevada and get it to 6.5. Six 6.5 and six and would be a smart exactly. bet. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, and Boomer, 1-0 last week with his three-team money line parlay. What do you got, Boomer? Well, I think as all of our loyal listeners know, aside from uh, Husker football, degenerate gambling, and book clubs, uh, the Redcast's real passion is professional wrestling, and uh, don't follow it as closely as we used to, but I did see over the weekend that uh, in WWE, The Undertaker officially retired again. We'll see if it sticks, but in honor of the dead man, I've decided to do an all-unders take this week, taking the opposite (laughs) approach from a skip this week, so... um, First one, I uh, I think he talked me into Northwestern Michigan State at 41.5. I thought initially about Rutgers and Purdue, but like there's too many questions in that game. Who's going to be there? You know, who's even playing? So so I think I'd feel safer at Northwestern Michigan State. There's just not going to be a lot of points scored in that game, so I think he'd be pretty good even with that low one. I'd uh, hinted at it earlier, Ohio State, Illinois, 71.5 is just a lot of points. Even if you're seeing... Ohio State put up 50 points, you know, you're still counting in Illinois to somehow churn out 22 to, to lose you that game. So I think you're probably okay on that one, too, just for the sheer size of that one. And my other one, just for the heck of it, I, I usually don't bet ACC, but uh, UVA, Florida State was 58 and a half. That seems like an awful lot of points for Florida State. I think they may be getting a quarterback back this week, but still, they just haven't shown a whole lot of spark this year, and I'm not sure just how excited they are to finish out this season, so I think you'd be pretty safe on that one so there you go the all-under edition of uh boomers picks all right all right good good stuff boomer you know um i'll go against that with my first pick and pick an over and i'm looking at the egg bowl we have Ole miss mississippi state um and um if there's any way that mike leach's offense will get on track is to go against a lane kiffin defense um so i'll take the over at 68 and a half there um just think that's that's gonna be Plenty of points scored all around, and that's all they really care about, really. Um, and then um, I'm looking at uh, Clemson Pitt at, at a relatively low number of 55 for the over/under. I think Clemson's going to want to come out and prove a point, um, get back rolling. Um, so I'm going to take the over on that one. And then um, 
I'll actually look at that that Virginia Florida State game, Boomer. I think Florida State is pretty bad. Um, talking about a team that may have been given up uh, for the season, uh, I got Virginia at a minus nine and a half. I think they can do that. So I'll take those three right there. If they don't try to bail on the game, you know, <laughs> that's right, right. right before that's kickoff right. again, right? That's right. You guys were making fun of my list of other games I was looking at. You know, I. The Boston College uh, Louisville game, uh, I got BC uh, only um, given a point on that one. It seems like BC should be favored by more. That that line kind of stinks to me, so I'm going to stay away from it because it seems like Boston College should be favored by a lot more than that. Louisville's got two wins, right? Um, don't understand that. Buffalo Kent State is an interesting one at uh, minus seven for the the Bulls, um, and that Notre Dame North Carolina game. Also, a really weird line. I I I think North Notre Dame should be favored by more than five, which is what I think the line is right now. Uh, so I'm a little leery on that one because it just feels like that should be a, a bigger number. But um, hey, Dave, you you said that we're making fun of you for your list of other games that that you're sending us. Can we just clarify that it looked more like a list of every game? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, you got to throw something at the wall, you know, Rob, when you're in yeah. last place. So you got to well, just got to do the best you can. That's fair. Hey, speaking of last place, Vegas Jer coming in with his picks this week. He's got Boise State minus 12 and a half at home to San Jose State. He's got Notre Dame minus five on the road at UNC North Carolina. And then he's going back to the NFL well, taking the Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving Day game special, minus three at home against the Washington football team. Uh, He also asked us a question, if we will be doing any college basketball picks on this podcast this year. Uh, The answer is no, unless it kind of conveniently works out, which will be very rare. Um, college basketball lines aren't out until late night, the night before a game, or the morning of a game. So you don't have a whole week to kind of look at a line, be able to record, research, have people listen before the game's already played. Um, most Husker weekday games this year are Tuesday or Wednesday nights, so those will be over by the time we record. Um, and Saturday, Sunday lines won't be out by our showtime, not even at all. So maybe we can tweet some down the road and we'll let you know, but uh, we don't have any plans to do it on this show. Um, so you know when I do bet college basketball, um, if, let's say, Nebraska had a Thursday night game, you probably wouldn't see that being posted anywhere until 10 to 11 central time, uh, Wednesday night, uh, if you were looking. Um so it's something I would do normally early morning, the day I get up of a game of teams I'm following that I want to look at a line closely, like Colorado State or Nebraska. I look up first thing in the morning of a day game because those lines can jump really fast because there's only one day to, to go. So when money comes in really early, especially by some sharps, you can see a, um, a five and a half go to a nine really fast between, let's say, 8 a.m., and 3 p.m. for a 6 p.m. game. So it is something you do want to jump on early, but um, because of the nature of college basketball, so many games being played a day, they cannot predict these things so far out that they don't post but less than 24 hours out from a tip-off. If you did to not your know point, that. To your point, Skip, uh, Nebraska is playing Nevada tomorrow, mm-hmm. and that line is still not out, right? And right. So... 
Um, you wouldn't even be able to bet that. You know, even though Boomer apparently took an in-game bet um, and uh, got the 45-point cover <laughs> versus McNeese today. So, um, uh, you know, one thing maybe uh, later, if we do reach March Madness, let's cross our fingers, uh, maybe when those games come out, you know, we could do a special Go Big Bet cast at that point. Um, yeah, like a, a like a Big Ten championship yeah. game, especially the first round, you, you will see those games posted two to three games out. Um, but as far as, like, the second round games, you won't see those until, like, the next day, early morning. Yep, that's right. Yep. All right, good stuff, guys, good stuff, guys. Well, hopefully we've got uh, a um, Nebraska victory to relish in um, and a few bets that come through for us for now let's call that a go big bet cast happy thanksgiving hit the kicker